Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. Morning, church. Hey, it's good to be with you. My name is Rich. I serve on staff as discipleship minister, and it's just good to to be with you in front of you today as we continue this DIY series. The last couple of weeks, Matthew and Craig have done a, a wonderful job of talking about how special it is to do something yourself, not depend on somebody else uh, like I way too often do, hiring handymen to do something I should be able to do. Now, the whole idea behind this DIY series, learning to build my faith, We're trying to learn how to build our faith relationship with Jesus ourselves so that we can do it and you're not dependent upon somebody else. We've learned about worship. We've learned about reading scripture. And today we're going to be talking about the practice of prayer. But you can't have a sermon on prayer without praying first. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together and ask, Holy Spirit, that you come and be the editor of my words and that you would uh, tweak the ears of uh, our congregation so that uh, we all might hear what you want us to hear and that we might follow you in obedience and great joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when you do a DIY project, you put on your DIY clothes, right? You roll up your sleeves and you get ready to go to work. And you realize that when you do a particular project, you need particular tools. And for some of these tools, you might need a, a hammer or a sledgehammer or a pneumatic hammer, right? You might need a screwdriver or a, a battery driver, or you might need a saw, a hand saw, or a circular saw, or a sawzall. You remember the old sitcom Home Improvement? Tim, the tool man tailor, always opted for a tool with more power, right? Or anything with more power. Arr, 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 arr. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of tools in my garage. They're in different drawers and different toolboxes. Most of the power tools that I have come from Connie's dad. They're his tools. Several of them I know how to use, like the drill press, I love that thing, the table saw, the, the table router. My favorite is the chop saw, goes through wood like butter. So much better than a hand saw. But then there are other tools that I just haven't got a clue how to use. For instance, I have a scroll saw in my garage. I haven't got a clue how to use that. I've never found a scroll I've had to saw through. You know? Now, the problem that I have beyond ignorance on how to use some of these tools is that I just don't take the time or, to use them or to learn how to use them. Sometimes I can't find the right tool because I put it in a drawer somewhere and I just don't remember where I put it. Ever had that problem? In order to do a DIY project well, you need the right tools and you need to know how to use the tool. And I want to suggest that prayer is the power tool in the disciples' toolbox. The problem is many of us have forgotten where did we put that tool. 
And some of us may not just have learned how to use it very well, but today we're going to be talking about this valuable tool and ways of implementing it daily in our relationship with Jesus. But before we talk about the what of prayer, I think it's important for us to ask the question, why? Why, why pray at all? Why do we pray? Well, as followers of Jesus, people who are his disciples, who are seeking to live like Jesus, the, the obvious first answer is, well, Jesus prayed, right? Have you noticed that as you've been reading through the Gospels? Now, I hope that you took the reading plan that Matthew talked about last week and you've started to read in there. And if you did, during the week you've been reading through Luke. And if you've noticed in the book of Luke, already you've seen that Jesus prayed. For instance, in chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized, after his baptism, he was praying, and that's when the heavens opened and the Spirit came down on him like a dove, and God spoke to him. Jesus had been praying. In Luke chapter 5, Luke tells us in very succinct manner, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Do we? Keep your eyes open as you continue reading in the Gospel of Luke for ways in which Jesus continued to pray throughout his life. Watch for more references of, of Jesus' prayer life. What characterized his prayer life? When did he pray? How did he pray? What were the circumstances? What characterized his life of prayer? In addition to these that we've already mentioned, clearly he probably prayed during his temptations, Right in Luke chapter 4. We know that at the end of his life he prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Now, by the way, when Jesus prayed that prayer, he wasn't sitting quietly with his hands folded and his head bowed and his eyes closed. He was praying from a position of torture and agony, and he prayed for those who were crucifying him. We can pray in all kinds of postures, Hey, God, here we are, right? We can pray through all kinds of circumstances and events in our lives. Well, Jesus prayed, and as his disciples who want to emulate his life, who live like Jesus lived, then we too ought to pray, right? Well, not only did Jesus demonstrate what a life of prayer looked like, but he also taught about prayer. He taught directly about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. In verse 5, he starts with how not to pray. We shouldn't pray like the hypocrites who love to stand up in the synagogues and, and uh, pray on the street corners. We shouldn't do that. And by the way, Jesus is not there suggesting that public prayer is inappropriate. He's simply saying that the appropriate audience is not other people. You don't pray to other people. There's only an audience of one when we pray, and that's God. We're not to pray like the pagans. And after Jesus talks about how not to pray, then he talks about how to pray in chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And we are familiar with this prayer of Jesus's that he gave to his disciples, often called the Lord's Prayer. If you're from a Catholic background, it might be called the Our Father, right? And for some of us, it, be it became a ritual, right? But I, we could spend weeks on this particular prayer alone, but we're not going to. Um, we're just going to zip through it and look at a couple of points that are important for what we're going to be doing today, okay? So our Father in heaven. Notice that Jesus does not say my Father, but our Father, suggesting that there's more than one person who can call God Father, right? We come to God in a community, 
of prayer and that God is our Father. Now, some of us, our dads are not the greatest, um, but God is the most, most holy, most gracious, most faithful Father there is. Hallowed be your name is a statement of praise and honor. Do your prayers include statements of praise and worship? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where Jesus is praying that God's purposes, God's reign, God's glory be made evident on the earth. And this is what's so cool. We're not waiting for heaven. No, we're praying that heaven would happen in the here and now. And Jesus is praying for that to happen in the here and now. And remember, if you've been reading the reading plan, you read Genesis 1 and 2 yesterday, that God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. Remember? Remember? So when Jesus says, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, he also means this lump of clay, this lump of earth as well. When he requests daily bread, he's certainly inviting and suggesting that requests for provision are appropriate and welcoming. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors suggests that prayers of confession are certainly appropriate. Requests for forgiveness are certainly appropriate. But notice how they're also tied to living out this prayer, right? Our prayers are not just something we pray and then just leave in a room but we live out the reality as we pray for forgiveness even in line with the way in which we have forgiven those who are indebted to us. And then this closes with lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil is a reliance upon God's leading and deliverance. They're encouraged but they're also made possible because Jesus himself has gone before us and cleared the way by defeating the evil one. And then many of us learned this prayer with the closing, for thine is the power, kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Statements of praise close this prayer as well. So prayer aligns us with the kingdom purposes of God, with what he wants done on the earth and in us. Jesus also taught about prayer, not only directly like in the Sermon on the Mount, he also taught about prayer through stories. For instance, like the one in Luke chapter 18. Let's read. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector right here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What do we learn from this story? Well, one of the things I think that we learn is that prideful prayers don't connect with God's heart. I mean, when we're praying, we need to realize we're not all that, right? We can't impress God, but if you humbly come before God, he will hear. 
One teacher suggests that that is where God can always be found, at the end of your rope. That's his address. When you finally come to the end of your rope and you pray with great humility and desperation, God will hear you. He will find you there. When you come to the end of you, when I come to the end of me and seek him with all our heart, he will meet us there. You see, prayer is the development of a conversational relationship with God. And at the heart of prayer is communication with God, but also communion with God, heart to heart. So we have to ask, have you found this to be true? Why is prayer so hard? It's just, I find it to be hard sometimes. Do you? Well, one reason I think it might be hard is that clearing out the noise around us and in our own heads and hearts, it takes a lot of work, right? And sometimes we just don't want to do the work to clear out the noise. And while prayer is vital to our lives as Jesus followers, let's also admit it's a little bit weird, isn't it? I mean, you, you can't see God. You don't typically hear God audibly. It can be intimidating. It can feel like, you know, you're just talking to a wall or the ceiling or just nothing at all. But never forget this. Prayer is powerful because it connects us with God even when we don't feel like it does. And God answers prayer. See, really, prayer is not powerful. God is powerful. And God answers prayer in Jesus' name. Think about this. Before you became a Christ follower, you were a prayer request. Think about that. Somebody was praying for you that you might come to know Jesus, and God moved in response to those prayers. Prayer is the development of a conversational relationship with God. A concerned daughter called a minister to come pray for her elderly, ailing dad, and when the minister arrived, he found the, the elderly gentleman in bed, with, propped up with a couple of pillows, and there was a chair next to him. He thought, well, I'm expected, right? So he said, hi, I see you're expecting me. And the man said, no. Who are you? I said, well, I'm, I'm the new associate minister at your church. I just, I saw the chair, and so I just kind of assumed that it, you were expecting me to arrive. And he said, oh, yeah, the chair. Um, would you close the door? So puzzled, uh, the minister closed the door and he went and sat on the chair. And the man said to him, you know, um, I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter. He said, but all my life I've just never known how to pray. At church I used to hear the preacher talk about prayer, but it always went right over my head. I gave up praying altogether, actually, until about four years ago when my best friend said to me, Joe... Prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down in a chair and put an empty chair across from you, and in faith, just see Jesus sitting on that chair. It's not weird or spooky, because Jesus himself said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you always. So just image Jesus in that chair, and then just talk to him and listen, just like you're talking and listening to me right now. 
Well, I, I tried that, and I liked it so much I've been doing it for a couple of hours every day ever since. I'm careful, though. I mean, if my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or she'd send me to the funny farm. The minister kind of chuckled, and he felt like he was kind of sitting in Jesus' lap on that chair, right? But he, he encouraged the man to continue his prayer journey, and he prayed with him, and then he left. Stay tuned for the rest of the story. Prayer is a development of a conversational relationship with God. It's a power tool for the Jesus follower. But we need to know how to use the tool. And there are a variety of kinds of prayers that can help us connect with our Heavenly Father. One is memorized prayers, whether it be the Lord's Prayer or another prayer that you've memorized before that can help you, give you language, Prayers written by others. A few months ago, I mentioned a prayer written by John Stott that I found very helpful and encouraging. And that's still on the website, by the way, if you're interested in looking for that. Or biblical prayers, simply opening the Psalms and praying a Psalm to the Lord. Or other prayers that you find in Scripture. Or like Matthew mentioned last week, breath prayers, where you breathe in and express one phrase and breathe out and express another. All of these prayers can be helpful if... If we pray these prayers and not simply recite or read these prayers, right? There's a difference. Because ultimately, prayer is communing heart to heart. Another helpful pattern to use for prayer is an acrostic prayer. It simply helps us to remember the various components or aspects of the prayer. And one that's very simple and familiar to many of you probably is the little card that many of you, I hope, have. Um, that spells out the word acts. A stands for adoration. It is God-focused expressions of praise and worship. Have you ever noticed how oftentimes when we, when we pray, we say, dear God, I need, and then you just start your litany of requests, right? I gotta have this, I gotta have that, be with this, be with this person, be with that person. This helps us to slow down and simply acknowledge that God is holy and good and just and worthy of praise. The C stands for confession. When we come up against a holy God and recognize that we are in his presence, we certainly realize we are not, right? And confessing our sins is totally appropriate, identifying those, naming those in front of God. And God, who hears these, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The T stands for thanksgiving just simply expressing our thanks to God for his many blessings and for, obviously, forgiveness in Christ. The S standing for supplication is just a big word meaning requests for ourselves and for others. So hold on to that. Put it, use it as a bookmark. Give it to a friend. We've got more. We're going to be using it also in a little bit. But remember that just like the Pharisee in Jesus' parable, it's possible to pray but not connect with God's heart. It's possible to pray in order to be seen by other people and not commune with the Lord. See, the point of prayer actually is not actually praying. It's communing heart to heart with God. And sometimes that can be even done without words, right? It's also possible, though, to use a, a simple little fun little acrostic and focus more on the pattern than on connecting with God. 
So remember, prayer is communing with God heart to heart. So I think we need to have a few preliminary foundational presuppositions before we go into prayer. First is don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, right? Don't be the Pharisee. Be more like the tax collector. Second, be confident, right? Jesus welcomed children into his presence, and he blessed them. The writer of the book of Hebrews writes in chapter 4, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And then in verse 16, the writer says this, Let us then approach God's throne of grace. What are those two words? With confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Third, rely upon and lean into the Holy Spirit in prayer. Jesus tells us in John 14 and 16 that he, the Spirit, is our teacher and our guide, our comforter. It's his job to convince us and convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. And the Spirit even helps us as we pray, as Paul points out in Romans chapter 8, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know how, what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. It's kind of a weird statement, isn't it? But the Spirit helps us. Have you ever asked the Spirit, hey, how should I be praying for my friends? Holy Spirit, what are you praying for my friends? Father, what's on your heart? How are you feeling about COVID? How are you feeling about the injustices in the world? Lean in and lean on the Spirit and listen. So humbly come before the Lord, believing that he wants us to draw near to him and make sure that we're not just always talking, but listening as well. Well, how do I do that, Rich? Give me a step-by-step. -step. Okay, here you go. Ready? First, create the space whether that be physical space where you need a chair in a certain room and you're going to be in that chair to, to focus time with the Lord or a place on your patio or maybe there's a path out back that you're just going to go for prayer walks with the Lord. Create the physical space and then create the mental space. Clear out whatever is in your mind enough or bring that to the Lord enough to be able to say, hey, I want to be able to focus on you, Lord. I mean... Husbands, wives, you know what it's like to try to talk to your spouse when they're watching TV or they're doing something on the computer or whatever and they don't, you don't have their full attention, right? So focus, create the mental space. Create the chronological space. You might have to book this on your calendar. Maybe set an alarm. Remember a few years ago, Craig had to set an alarm for 1 o'clock when we pray at 1 o'clock for one minute for one person who doesn't know Jesus. Set an alarm, whether it be praying for people who don't know Jesus or for your own Prayers of thanksgiving and confession and worship. Then quiet ourselves and put ourselves in a listening posture. For some of us, that means turn off the phone, turn off the computer, turn off the TV. Shut up, right? And listen. For others of us, that might mean we need to put on some praise music to get our mind into the orientation of listening for the Lord. And then whatever method we use, whether it be this, this ax method or another prayer method, keep it simple. It doesn't have to be huge and ornate. Just say, hey, God, let's talk. Let's chat. And spend some time talking with the Lord.
As hard as it might be, we need to think of prayer as a conversation with God. What happens in a conversation, right? We speak, we listen, we interact, we commune. And we're going to do that right now through this ACTS acronym prayer. I'm going to guide you through these movements of prayer. We're going to start and end it with just times of silence where we can center our minds on the Lord. And then I will lead us through each one of the elements of the prayer. On the screen, there will be some language if you want some language during adoration or confession or thanksgiving or supplication. But as we pray, then let's just enter the Lord's presence and be with him. Let's pray. Lord, um, we want to quiet ourselves for just a few moments to be with you. Father, you are worthy of praise and worship, and we do adore you, and we ask that you hear these prayers of worship. Father, as we recognize that you are holy, we know we are not, and so we spend some time just confessing our sins to you and bringing our sin before you. Father, we spend time thanking you, uh, especially for the wondrous gift of Jesus who forgave us through his death. Here are these words of thanks. Lord, thank you for hearing us. And as we come to you to express requests for ourselves and others, we pray that you hear these prayers of supplication. Father, we close this time with just a time of silence to enjoy your presence and rest in your lap.
Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior and your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, your one God, forever and ever. Amen. Now the rest of the story. Remember when we left the gentleman, he had been explaining to the minister that he imagines Jesus in the chair across from him and speaks to him. Well, the minister had left, but two nights later, the daughter called the minister to let him know that her dad had died. The minister asked, did he seem to die peacefully? She goes, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I was leaving for the store, and he asked me over to his bed, and he told me one of his corny jokes, and he kissed me on the cheek, and then I left and went to the store, and I was gone for about an hour, and I came back, and, and I found that he had, he had died. It was something strange, though. Actually, it was kind of beyond strange. It was a little weird, really. She said, before he had died, Dad leaned over and rested his head on a chair next to his bed. Prayer is the development of a conversational relationship with God that is involved with communication. It involves communication but communing heart-to-heart heart with the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Prayer is the power tool in the disciples' toolbox. When it comes to spiritual tools, we can provide all kinds of ideas during this and future sermons, but if they don't end up being used, it ends up just being wind in the air, you know, useless, like power tools sitting in my garage. So what will we do with these tools? It's our hope that we use these tools to help build our faith relationship with the Father whom Jesus came to reveal. Let's pray. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus, to become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, you'll be able to see other podcasts we have, just like this one. You'll be able to stay up to date on Fern Creek Christian Church news and announcements, and you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year. Man, you need to download this app today. I'm serious. Go do it. Hey, I want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings, either online or in person. We have three services, one at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website www.ferncreekcc.org and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300 or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.